Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. All right, welcome to a Tony's Take episode 86. This is sports. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we've got Tony Katz. Yep, yep. And the off-road Andy. That's me. Thank ready you. Ready to go. I was ready to roll. Thank you guys for tuning in, and welcome to a uh, holiday-themed, I guess, somewhat holiday week uh, episode of our pod. And uh, those of you first-timers, welcome, and make sure you hit that subscribe button and share with a friend. But uh, like I said, this is our sports podcast. Shall we get right into it? We should. We are, should. We, are we doing Do it. the sports podcast? This is sports, Andy. Okay, you confused me. You walked in the wrong room. I'm also doing some research, so. Good. Do that on uh, the time of the pod. That's perfect. It's for the podcast. Oh. It's mid-show research. It's very important. Everyone does it. We're a minute into the show. Mark Marin does it all the time. He usually doesn't even know who he's interviewing and has to look it up. He just has like IMD open, IMDB. Is that what he did when he went in there for your interview last week? Yeah, it was a good six hours. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So uh, tell me about it yourself, uh, Andrew. Well, I go by Andy, actually. Off-road, if uh, we're not good friends. I mean, in his defense, I don't have a lot of credits to my name. Well, you keep getting so. in that show that just doesn't get picked up on And Amazon. I forgot to plug the podcast when I was on. I what just, an asshole. It's like, what are you doing? What, what are you up to? I was like, oh, just, you know. You know what? Honestly, actually, I like that. That makes you more of like a, you have a cool brewery, and you don't even put a name up on the on the building. That makes you cool. Yeah. Andy, you're cool. This is, uh, no one's ever said that. Okay. That is hurtful. And let's mean. Uh, <laughs> get back dive into uh, some. Yeah, let's. We're getting sidetracked, Andy. We'll talk about you and Mark Marin later. <laughs> some sports. What? Uh... <laughs> Why don't we see anything on the screen there? <laughs> Take a look at it. Uh, very, very much executive producer Andy. Oh my god. <laughs> Are we recording? It looks like we are recording. And we most certainly are. All right. That was weird. Um, yeah, it was uh, The computer had a little malfunction there. We, It didn't show our voices coming up, so we yeah. thought we weren't recording. But we're here, and we're going to dive right yeah. into sports. In the words we of are Bill O'Reilly, we're going to do uh, it live. Andy, what, uh, the sports world, I mean, do we just want to – I'm just going to do it right now. Let's just briefly jump into baseball. I'm just going to get that out of the way. Yeah. Adrian Beltre retired after 21 seasons. This will be the last time you hear us talk about baseball for a little bit, but like Andy just said, Adrian Beltre retired after 21 seasons. Definitely a Hall of Famer. And then on top of that, they gave out a lot of awards this past week. Yeah. And uh, we'll start with the pitchers. They gave out some Cy Young awards. Jacob DeGrom got it, and then Blake Snell got it. And uh, i am got to believe this has got to be the first time in MLB history that the two Cy Young winners were on two teams that didn't make the playoffs. You yeah. typically don't see Cy Young winners on bad teams. Both had ERAs under two. That's, and I think, the big reason. What impresses me the most about Blake Snell was Tampa Bay was a team this year that nobody expected to do that well. They won, like, 80-something games. Blake Snell won 21 games, I think. That's yeah. impressive on Tampa Bay. If Blake Snell was on Boston or the Yankees or the Dodgers or someone like that, he probably would have won 30 games this year. And that's ridiculous to think about. But, I mean, Tampa Bay wasn't like – Tampa Bay was a weird team this year, actually. They they scored some runs, and then they also weren't that great. But yeah, pretty crazy. And I think he's a candidate to uh, not have a repeat season. Of the other guys up there, it's like, oh, yeah. 
Corey Kluber is just good every year. Whereas I don't think Ian Snell is bad, but I think it's just one of those. That's a career year. Just that everything worked out, everything went well for him. So getting the ERA under two is just it's very rare. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, let me see what else. Uh, then they handed out the MVPs, and I would say we probably agreed on them: Mookie yeah. Betts and Christian Yelich. I think Christian Yelich had a fantastic summer, which is what made him end up getting the MVP and the fact that Milwaukee got to the playoffs. They won the wild card game, right, against the Cubs, right? Didn't no, they, they, they won They won the play-in, division play-in game. That's right. So they won the division. And then the Cubs lost the, the wild card game. Yeah. Right. That's right. So the Cubs lost both games, right? Yeah, Cubs lost in the wild card game to Colorado. That's right. Okay, that's right, yeah. So, yeah, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers had a great year, won the division, ended up getting to the NLCS, were a game away from going to the World Series. Christian Yelich, fantastic season, you know, and it's good for him. To, uh, he uh, was cheering for him. I thought he was well-deserving over Javier Baez, who I think was like the second candidate to win the MVP. So The last two NL MVPs played for the Marlins. Yeah, Stanton and Yelich, yeah, huh? I saw that. That's kind of bad. They're both not on that team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it tells you what the Marlins could have maybe had, but the Marlins, I think, historically are known for giving away stuff because when yeah. they won the World this Series. This was especially bad, though. They won When they won the World Series, though, in the late 90s, mid-90s, they uh, were f- famous for giving away that entire team the following year. A lot of the guys that were on that team – Ended up leaving, mm-hmm. and one of the guys who I think might have started Game 7 of that series was Kevin Brown, who ended up yeah. going to the Dodgers, and Gary Sheffield was on well, that team. Well, he went to the Padres after, in between. Yeah, then the Dodgers. Yeah. But he was he was he he left, and then Gary Sheffield was on that team. Edgar Renteria, who I believe scored the game-winning run, or he got the game-winning so. hit. I think he got the game-winning hit. Might have scored the game-winning And Council scored, like, the run or something. Well, that was in Arizona. I think he scored it in. He might have scored in both. Yeah. And it actually all comes back because Craig Council is the coach of the Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers. Anyway, we're rambling on too much about baseball. Baseball, it's done. Well, we won't get into baseball. Well, for the off actually, started. Yeah, there has been a big trade actually in baseball. James Paxton of the Seattle Mariners, who is one of the best pitchers you've probably never heard of, goes to the New York yeah. Yankees, and that will actually make a big difference for the New York Yankees this year. I actually think the New York Yankees are going to – I want to be bold right now. This is the very, 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 very early preview. The New York Yankees are going to be in the World Series this year. Uh, I don't think it's a dumb pick, but I think uh, playoffs are a, a crapshoot. Yeah, it's like the Indians are. Uh, they are. They have. They're putting Kluber on the market. Ooh. So they're going into a rebuild. I think, even though they won 94 games again, I think they're uh, they're going to try to you know come back at a later date. You know, maybe get some young guys. Uh, the Yankees traded their. I think their top prospect remaining. Justice Sheffield, no relation to Gary, but still. Does he have no relation? Pretty sure no relation. Because somebody he, his told brother me, is on the Dodgers. Is my so somebody player. told me though that they think Justice Sheffield is Gary's brother's kid. I don't think so. You don't think so though. Mm. Phone us in if you think you have. Yeah, that. yeah. Call <laughs> in next week. But but, uh, but anyway, shall we move on from baseball? Yeah. What other sports do you like? Uh, I mean... Uh, I'm not in any of them right now. Yeah, college football 
Everything pretty much stayed the same this week. UCLA I, beat USC. Big UCLA game. UCLA beat here. USC. That's a big local game. Uh, I honestly thought Syracuse was going to give Notre Dame a good game. They were oh. getting 10.5 points, and Notre Dame just m- destroyed them. I think it was 36-3, to which showed me that Notre Dame, I think, actually might be for real. I mean, are they going to defeat a team like Notre, uh, Alabama? Probably not. But Notre Dame, I think, is going to be in the playoffs. Because yeah, they, it looks like they'll probably face Clemson. And their last tough, tough test. test is going to be at USC, but USC has proven with losing to UCLA, losing to Cal at home, they're not. They're definitely not good enough to beat Notre Dame. Whatever Notre Dame is favored by, I'll just tell you right now, take it. Because Notre Dame, I think, will destroy USC. And especially because Notre Dame will know that they have to win that game to basically get into the playoffs. They destroyed them be, last year when the teams were closer. In yeah, they'll be extra motivated in that game. It's Home field doesn't mean anything anymore for USC. Notre Dame's Ohio State definitely. had another rough game that they should have lost. I yeah, think they're – even if they beat Michigan, I think they don't have a chance now. No, I agree. And honestly, the funny thing is is they, they might beat Michigan because they're, they're a good team. They'll definitely compete with Michigan. But I agree. Ohio State uh, has definitely not looked that great. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens with them. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're putting up points. They're just uh, – The defense just isn't good yeah. enough. But uh, other than that, though, everything pretty much stayed the same. You know, Alabama had a game yeah. that didn't matter. Clemson, I don't. Did they even play this past week? Mm, not sure. I feel like they did, but I don't know. Doesn't matter. They're still number two. Yeah, exactly. Uh, nothing changed. It's still UCF Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, and honestly, that could be the four we see. And if it is the case, I'm excited to see Michigan versus Alabama because I think that'll actually be a decent game. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I don't think Michigan will win, but I think Michigan could cover whatever they're getting because I imagine yeah. they'll be getting somewhere around like thirteen points or so because that's just how good Alabama is. But we'll see. But uh, moving on, is there any other good sports you want to talk about? Anything going on? Um, yeah, the, the two big sports going or main sports going on right now. Um, I didn't really like what's happened recently in those, so maybe you can lead off. You can talk about it. Yeah, so the NBA. That's one of them. Yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna talk really quickly about some the local team, the Lakers. LeBron James. I feel like he decides what games he wants to. He decides yeah. to go off in, because Saturday night the Lakers are they're a solid team. I mean, they're. I think a game above 500 right now. They're like currently like seventh or something in the West, but they're a work in progress, you know. But regardless, they go to Orlando, who is not that great of a team, doesn't have a good offense, not a solid team, and they got destroyed. The following night, they go and play Miami, and anyone that knows anything about anything knows that LeBron James played for the Heat for a couple years or a few years. He's best friends with LeBron uh, with uh, Dwayne Wade. I believe he decided to like kind of say fuck it against Orlando and come out strong against Miami, and that's what he did. He not only the Lakers beat a solid Miami team on the road, and not only that they won. LeBron James drops fifty one points. So I mean that just goes to I just really believe that LeBron James picks and chooses his spots when to like play like LeBron James. Yeah, I could agree with that. I don't think you're giving enough credit to Nikola Vucevic. Who 
No, he is good. I'll give that. Orlando does have some good young talents like Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, you know, random good key role players like Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier. But regardless, yeah, I mean, he knew he was playing Miami the following night. Just needed to watch like wanted, a couple minutes of that game wanted against to Miami. Step up for that game. Yeah, LeBron was you know, on a mission. He was. They play Cleveland tomorrow. Yeah. Cleveland, by the way, is two and thirteen. Yeah, it's a reunion tour. It's He'll destroy them. And Cleveland just uh, they didn't cut him, but they sent J.R. Smith, Smith home. Yeah, they did. So finally, tell yeah. him, hey, you know what? Put your shirt on or leave. He's ready. I mean, paid vacation. It's fine. Yeah. It's like a he's like a cop, and they're like, you're suspended with pay. He's like, okay, that sounds amazing. Yeah, that's true. Shouldn't want that. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, you know what? I, I honestly, I, I want to talk about Lakers, but I can't. I never get to watch any other games. I get to see some of the highlights on yeah, Instagram. You need to get your Spectrum cable uh, and subscription. Shame on Lakers for just being money-grabbing whores, and shame on Time Warner slash Spectrum slash whoever the hell they Spectrum are. Spectrum now. Um, for being this Monopoly fucks. It, it ruined – I've seen more Philadelphia 76er games than I have Laker games. And here I am, two-hour drive from a Staples Center because of traffic, yeah. but nevertheless, I could be there in a, a second. How the hell – Philadelphia is at least two and a half hours away, right? Yeah, at least. Yeah. I mean, Will Smith got all the way from there to here, so. You did? Yeah. yeah. But I, I just got beef. I want to watch them more, but yeah. I can't. Well, just there's another LA team you can watch, and they're on local TV. I've been watching them. They're great. They're fun yeah. to, to watch. I love Lou Williams. Yeah. So uh, Where, they, what the, Is Boban hurt, or is it just because he's seven foot nine? He's, he's he can't two, play more yeah, than nine minutes? He, he shouldn't play more than nine minutes. Okay, he's going to snap in half very or slow. Um, they played tonight. Uh, they're on a, that was a strange three-game East Coast road trip. They're playing, playing like four o'clock. Yeah, just playing like shit teams. They played Washington, who's pretty poor, and they blew. The, it was the largest lead they've blown in Clippers history tonight. Was it twenty plus? Twenty-four points. 24. Largest lead they've ever blown. I turned off. I turned they it over to the Duke game. Yeah, I saw they came back from a big deficit last night. They were down by yeah. much like sixteen or something. Last, last night, night was a comeback. The night tonight was. The it's other tough to play night. those back to backs. I think you, so you I lose think the it, legs late in the second it was, half. The third game in four days, all East Coast. Uh, they didn't get to D.C. until like 3 in the morning. Ugh. Uh, There's a lot going against them. They, so they had a 19-point lead in the first quarter. Then second quarter was tied. Third quarter they lost by 10. Fourth quarter they lost by like 15. You just see the trend. You know, they just got yeah, just... worn out as the game went on. And somehow Jeff Green had 20 points, and he's the worst fucking player in the NBA probably. Whoa. So, Calling him out. Yeah. But the Clippers are still surprising – Eleven and six. They're fun they were, to watch. They were tied for the number one seed uh, in the West coming into tonight. Into tonight, the reason yeah. for that being because the uh, team that should be the number one seed has had one of the worst stretches that this franchise has had in quite some time. Yeah, it's the Golden State Warriors. How much longer is Curry gone? Uh, I thought they said ten games, and I don't know how many it's been now. Five. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was like halfway through or something. But they they look hopeless. Durant. Seems just out of it. He's not been good at all. Draymond, of course, was suspended, but even with him being back, it doesn't matter. They're just they're losing every game. But I wouldn't worry. Oh no! Like I, I, I said, I think last week I said if Curry, if Curry like somehow they find out, oh he he's going to be out for the year, they would figure it out and probably still win the championship. Mm-hmm. This is just a growing pain. They're going to come back bigger and better probably, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and they're going to. They have another guy coming back from injury. Yeah, I don't know when. I feel like that's the one thing is like a lot of people, because they they haven't seen it yet, yeah. that we are forgetting that DeMarcus Cousins is on this team. 
And it's just like once he comes back and then, you know, with Steph Curry and stuff, like they'll they'll figure it out. They'll they're champions. They've all won rings. They'll uh, they'll figure out how to like make it work. Yeah. So we still got the East Eastern Finals to look look to. It's gonna be a good good race for that. Boston's not been good this year, but they'll be there. Toronto be, really looks, it'll be Boston versus Toronto, I think. You're not buying the Jimmy Philly thing? No. I don't think the Sixers are that great. Yeah, Fultz might not play again. Well, yeah, he's got shoulder problems and stuff. And then I just think when you look at the teams as a whole, Boston and Toronto just depth-wise and yeah, as a team are just better. Yeah, they played this week, and that was – And a, also keep in mind to get Jimmy Butler, the Philadelphia sent away a couple good players. Yeah. I mean, Sarich yeah, and Covington good were good role players on that team. But they'll be able to get somebody else. Like they did last year when they got um, – Ilyasova and Bellinelli midseason. They'll get something. Something to, you know, give them a little bit more depth. Um, Elton Brand, just a good GM. You never would have known. Yeah. It's like, eh, he's just a good player. Knows what he's doing now. That's right. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I'd like to shift to the NFL. Yeah. We'll talk about there last was a, night. What? We'll talk about last night. Is that the premier game? We could start with last night. So, yeah, last night was uh, the highest total for an over-under in, like, 16 years at, like, 63 points. And not only did it hit, it hit by 42 points. Yeah. A f- 105 points scored in that game, which is – you see that stuff in, like, random college games. You don't ever see that in the NFL. I said Vegas got killed because 70% took the over. Oh, yeah, because the, the public's going to see that game and be like, oh – over, over, over. And that's the thing about the public is, like, everyone's always saying, like, oh, bet against the public. And, like, you know, more times than not, that's the right move. But at the end of the – I mean, it's just games get played. I mean, there are going to be those rare games where the public is right. And in that case, they're right. Everybody knew that this was a high-profile offense, a high – the two high-profile offenses. Everyone figured easily both teams should score in the 30s. And, like, I feel like sometimes – from someone that bets a lot, like those games that you definitely expect to go over, sometimes are lower scoring, but yeah. this just wasn't the case. It's just too good of offenses versus two defenses that aren't anything special. And I think there's like a, there's like a shootout effect when two offenses are really good, where it's like they got to match each other, and then the defenses play a little more aggressive, leading to and that's ex- bigger play opportunities. That's and quick exactly. Scores and I was listening to someone today, and that's exactly what they said: how the defenses kind of do plays to try to make big plays happen. And that can sometimes lead to more points because, you know, you miss an assignment or whatever. So that's, like, yeah, exactly what. Because, yeah, like the Rams, when they, they were down, and then they scored in like three plays to take the lead again, including there was like a 40-yarder to the tight end. Yeah. And then it was like, there's a minute 58 left. They shouldn't have done that. Like, it was too quick. Yeah. But the, it, the Chiefs got two possessions, I think, still out of that. Yeah. Because the Rams did something really stupid. After they stopped, they stopped the Chiefs. After that, they took the lead, stopped the Chiefs, got the ball back. Then I think they had two incomplete passes. Yeah, well, that's how the Rams was, are. Though. They're they the type of team that are they're aggressive, pass. but it just seemed like not the right choice. That's how there. they've been all year, yeah. but but they they survived. Yeah, it was definitely they survived. Chiefs actually covered the spread. So for the people out there that yeah. decided to bet on the, I think Chiefs it went to three that, and a half right yeah. at the end. So and that's what they say. They say like ten percent of NFL, ten percent of football games land on three points and stuff. So, like, when you ever have a team plus three points, you want to buy them up that half point to get them to three and a half, and, if you, and vice versa. If you have a team minus three, you want to buy them down to two and a half because it is crazy how much games end on that 
three-point span there. So uh, just a little food for thought for any aspiring gamblers out there. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, though, it was a definitely – it lived up to the hype, and I'm glad it ended up bringing its way back to Los Angeles because I felt like that was a game that was meant to be in the – like a team to be home. Like I didn't want that game to be on a neutral field. I think it was better off that that game got to be for a home team and whatnot because, like, that was a game that, you know, the home fans deserved to go see and stuff. And, you know, Chief fans were able to get to easily compared to having to go to, like, Mexico or London or wherever yeah. you had to be to go see a neutral field game. But it was a good game. But the other thing I wanted to talk about that happened this year, this week in football that was big news was Alex Smith's injury. I still have not watched the replay on it. So I did see the replay, and from somebody that has broken his leg before, you, you're you able to, like, kind of look at leg breaks and be able to look at it and not squimmer so much, like, just kind of be like, oh, yeah, that sucks, like, I've been there. And that's kind of how it was for me. Like, you see him get rolled over, and then you see his right leg, I think it was, just dangling. And it, it's a disgusting thing to look at, but, you know, it is what it is. But what was crazy was all the – comparisons of between his injury and Joe Theismann yeah. because number one, they both played for the Redskins. Number two, they were both quarterbacks. Number three, both happened on November 18th. Number four, both of the final scores in the game were 23 to 21. Yeah. Number five, both teams, I believe were missing the either the right or left tackle, but whatever one it was, it was, they were missing yeah. that player. And then the number six thing was both players that, broke the leg of the quarterback were the only three time defensive players of the year. So obviously every like the Joe uh, Lawrence Taylor's the one that broke Joe Theismann's leg. Yeah. And then JJ Watt was part of the breaking of Alex Smith's leg. So when you look at all that, it's just like, Holy shit. Like that's fucking crazy. Yeah, it really is. And also there was one more thing. Both happened around the 40 yard line. So I mean, they're the same age or something, but yeah, I'm sure a bunch of shit. But regardless, the the main thing I want to bring up is that was a big play because I now think the Dallas Cowboys are going to win that division. Yeah. If Alex Smith doesn't get hurt, I believe Redskins can hold on to win that division. The You're Eagles aren't playing well. The Giants suck. But the Cowboys have won two good road games against in Philadelphia and then in Atlanta. Yeah. I think Dallas Cowboys are getting some momentum, and I hate to say this, but somebody getting hurt, especially as big as the quarterback for the Washington Redskins, I think is big enough for uh, the Cowboys to feed off that momentum and be like, wait a minute, I think we could do this. And it's just crazy to me because the the Cowboys might go 9-7, and seven, maybe 10-6, and six, but that'll be enough to win the division. Yeah, I can't. If, if they do go ten and six, that gets assured. Oh, absolutely. Um, I we'll find out on Thanksgiving because the Cowboys do play the Redskins with. And Cole here's McCoy, here's my thing so. about that. I think the Cowboys. I don't know what the spread is or anything, but whatever it is, I would jump on the Cowboys because I just think Colt McCoy's been the backup. He's now he's in this team. He's got to like deal with being the starter. He's got a short week. He's got to go to Dallas. It's the Thanksgiving game. I don't think he's worried about going back to Texas. That's yeah, true. But regardless, nonetheless, it's early week Thanksgiving game. You know, you just played. You got to get kind of familiar with. He hasn't passed to these guys, maybe in practice, but not in game situations. 
I remember and, him beating the Cowboys on like a Monday night game. And I think it was like Jordan Reed had like a big touchdown. And that's the thing. This was like, like four years and ago. That's or the something. thing. When you're a backup quarterback, you do more smaller passes. So like the tight ends always benefit. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, when he came in the game and threw his first touchdown, it was to Jordan Reed. Yeah. So you fantasy owners out there that have Jordan Reed, this could be his rebirth. Yeah. I didn't start him, but it wouldn't have mattered in my matchup. Yeah. But this could be Jordan Reed's rebirth. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll find out. I think if the if the Redskins look okay there when they've had like injuries to the line, but Peterson's been good. Um, if they're competitive with the Cowboys, then I think maybe they can still pull it off. I'm not writing the Eagles off. I think that's another game we should uh, highlight there. So I think everyone's excited about that Chiefs Rams game, but I think some of that excitement is taken away from the fact that the the day before the Saints uh, won 48-7. Is that right? Was it four? Yeah. So heading into the game, we kind of had like, oh, these are the top three teams. I think they they all had the same record, or they all had one loss. But I think we both had Kansas City and St. Louis being ahead, or not St. Louis. Well, Kansas City and the Rams being ahead of them. But now I think uh, the Saints look like they uh, took took that uh, over. They're the number one team. They their defense looks improved. It doesn't look like anyone can stop that offense now, especially with Ingram back. It's like there's just there's way too much. Just, they just throw guys off the street as like the second and third receivers. doesn't matter. Um, Drew Brees is having his best season ever at like 39. Yeah. It's, no, I, I Honestly, the Saints could be a real test to – I mean, uh, like real team to win the Super Bowl this year. I kind of thought that at the beginning of the year too, but – They've got two good running backs. They have an elite receiver. They got a few other solid players, and then they have a quarterback that's already won it before and stuff. And they're going to be tough to beat. I mean, obviously, I think the Rams are going to be their biggest opponent. I think and the NFC Championship game is going to definitely be Rams versus Saints, whether it's going to be in L.A. or New Orleans. So it looks like determined. it'll go th- through New Orleans if if everyone won out, which is unlikely. Yeah, one but, of them will but, lose but again. But they have since the Saints beat them already. They have that advantage. So. Who did who did the Saints lose to? Oh yeah, they lost to the Bucks in Week One. That's what's funny about the Saints, because in my opinion, that week the Buccaneers were the biggest underdog. That week, I think they were getting 14 points, and they won straight up. That was like the whole Ryan Fitzpatrick magic stuff. I believe the Saints went into that game with not enough respect for the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers came in like, okay, hey, let's get out. like, what do we got to lose? We're expected to lose by 14. Because the coach after that game even said to the Buccaneers, like, hey, we were the biggest underdog in Vegas. Like, that just tells you what the world thinks of us. And he uses it as motivation. And ever since then, the Saints have now won 10 in a row. And it's just funny to think, like, the Buccaneers is a team at home that they should have destroyed that that week. They lose. They could have yeah. easily won that game. And they could honestly easily be 11-0 right now, which is kind of ridiculous to think about because you would not expect the Saints to be an 11-0 team. But they honestly easily could be. Yeah, and they almost won that game. I think they came back to tie it. Yeah, it was like 40-something to 40-something. I mean, it was yeah. definitely a high-scoring game, but it's just crazy to think they should have won that game. Like, that's what's funny about, like, just sports and everything in general. That's why, like, betting on sports is so difficult. The New Orleans Saints are 10-1, and and the one game they lost this year was at home against the Buccaneers as 14-point favorites. Think yeah. about that. On the money line that night, they were probably, like, minus 800 or something, and that's the game they lost. 
So it's just, it just goes to show like, that's why it's tough for people to consistently do this well because of stuff like that. But yeah, it doesn't happen all that often. It doesn't, but it, it, it happens not all that often, but it happens. But, uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, it'll, I think the AFC is shaping up to be a good, a good race because the Steelers are getting hot. They've won, I believe six in a row. I think they started off one, two and one. They're now seven, two and one. The Chargers finally lost for the first time in a while against an arch rival in their division, the Denver Broncos. Yeah, one, was, of the, one of the worst games. Yeah, it was a watch. tough loss. Yeah, they should have probably won that. But even nonetheless, though, I think the Chargers still fine. Sometimes it's good to get a smack in the face to wake up a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, that was Keenan Allen said, like, they suck. We beat ourselves, which you, yeah. you don't usually it, say. It happens. It happens. And they had 140 yards of penalties. and Yeah, I mean, it happens. So I said, though, the Rams didn't run the clock out in that game. The Chargers had one of the biggest – or Phillip Rivers had one of the biggest dumb plays. For a 16-year veteran, it was incredible that that they had – it was like third and eight with a minute 50 left. You just you just could kneel or run the ball and run the clock down to 110. And then Case Keenum has to go 70 yards to get a field goal. Or, and uh, they ran – they tried to run a, a short pass play. And I'm sure the play call was if it's not there, just go down and run the clock. And he threw it in the dirt. And then, sure enough, uh, the Broncos were at like midfield and time would have expired if he had just uh, – went down but instead uh they had the extra time and were able to kick the game winning field goal and it was just yeah. you just you shouldn't see that from a veteran like that you shouldn't you wouldn't see that from like Patrick Mahomes I don't think it was just a I don't know a choke yeah. that's it's not even to mention the the rest of the things they did wrong to lose the game to blow a lead like that like you shouldn't allow Case Keenum to get a game winning drive like that if you think you're a good defense cuz that Broncos offense is pretty bad like I think they're a better team than people think. They were, they were three and six heading in, yeah. but that's two losses to the Chiefs, a loss to the Rams, and then like close losses the rest of the way. Yeah, they. I, th- I think they're they're solid. Like they they kind of put themselves in a hole, but they're still there alive for a wild card spot. That that defense is still really good. Like there's Von Miller now with Bradley Chubb, and then those other guys. They got yeah. Still, I mean, it's not a horrible team. I, I think I think they're backs. I think they're in the same league as like Baltimore, uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, I'd agree. So with kind that. of like oh they'll they'll beat you if you mess up, but yeah. they're not they're not a Super Bowl contender. But uh, yeah, I mean we'll uh, I just think the AFC is going to be a a good race. I think the NFC, unless like the one thing I've said too is like if the Bears do win that division, whoever has to play Chicago in Chicago in January, yeah. good luck. Because that's going to be a cold game. And so, I mean, it'll be – I'm excited. I don't know who for it's going to be now. Carolina's lost two in a row. I'm excited for the playoffs this year, to be honest, because, like, everyone looks at the Rams, the Saints, and then you go to the AFC, everyone looks at, like, the you know the Chiefs, the Patriots. But it's like there are a lot of, like, undercard teams, Steelers, Chargers, the Houston Texans are getting it going. You look at the NFC, the Minnesota Vikings, I still believe, can get in there and be dangerous. Yeah. Chicago Bears could be. I mean – if like Dallas, Atlanta eliminated themselves this week. Yeah, and, and Atlanta's going to lose. They play Thursday night against yeah. the Saints. They're going to get destroyed that game. But there's a – Russell Wilson still out there. A lot, Exactly. Yeah. The Seahawks could still make it. I mean, there's a lot to – The Cardinals are not going to. Okay, yeah, the Cardinals are done. <laughs> yeah, congratulations to the Raiders. They got another win. It's big for them. <laughs> but anyway, I mean – 
Uh, is there any other good uh, sports stories to discuss? Or I think like there will be more uh, next week. Yeah, I think uh, with Phil Mickelson. Yeah, we we got the Tiger big Woods. Phil Mickelson Tiger Woods battle this Friday. Uh, just really briefly, I want to like that's a good point to bring up. They play each other this Friday. Uh, they've already done a little big side bet Which about uh about for the first hole where uh. Ty, uh Phil yeah. Mickelson <laughs> Andy said, is taking a stand. He just chugged his beer. <laughs> He's leaving the studio. I don't know. Standing up. He said he's standing up. Well, get out of the studio then, Andy. He's departing. So, so Phil Mickelson <laughs> said, uh, I had a little prop bet. He bet Tiger Woods $100,000 that he would birdie the first hole. And Tiger Woods looked at him and said, let's double it, 200000 that you won't birdie the first hole. So he went to the bathroom. It's, it's definitely going to be good to see uh, – what ends I'm up so excited happening about that. And I, I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. Currently right now, the odds have tiger woods at minus 200, which means hmm. you have to bet $200 to profit a hundred. So, you know, so on two grand wins you with a thousand Phil Mickelson plus plus one seventy, which means a hundred dollars would win you plus $170. So, you know, a thousand dollars wins you 1700. So on, but, uh, I'm, I've stuck by it and I'm going to continue to stick by it. My money's on Phil Mickelson. I just, I just think Phil Mickelson, he's a good golfer, and I just feel like he's the type of guy that he gambles regularly. He's been involved with the stock market. He got in trouble with some insider trading. We all know that. My point is, though, is he's got a gambler's mentality, so I think when the fact that $9 million is on the line on top of their little side bets, he's going to step up, and I think he's going to do good. And the one thing that I actually didn't know until my uh, dad actually told me this today was I didn't know that uh, throughout their careers, Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods haven't been very fond of one another. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I mean, I would have thought like, oh, two good golfers in the last 20 years, they might get along, but apparently they really do not care for one another huh. that much. And you don't, you know, you, you miss out on stuff like that because every time when there's a tournament, there's so many golfers. Yeah. And there's so and, many good golfers. And it's not like you, they're talking trash to each other. And exactly. It's all like, all, and it's the gentleman's sport, so you don't get to see all the beef between them, but... I'm excited because my dad even said, he's like, I think that this little thing is going to actually make them like one another. And I wouldn't be surprised if it does. Yeah. But regardless, if you don't like somebody that much, you're going to want to take $9 million from them. I mean, yeah. come on. Oh, I, and with I all the side bets that are going to go on, it's going to end up jumping up to over $10 million for sure. So I'm excited about that. My money's still on Phil Mickelson, especially because the value. If you can get Phil Mickelson at 2-1 to one odds, why not lay a little bit on him? I mean, we all know that historically Tiger Woods is the better golfer. And over the past couple months, Tiger Woods has been a, the better golfer. But you look back at the span of over the last, like, three to five years, I would say Mickelson's been the better golfer. So I'm uh, I, I like going to stand by it. I'm going to continue to stand by it. I'm going to go against the public, and I'm going to say I think Phil Mickelson wins this little event. You've heard it here first. Exactly. But other than that, I think uh, I think that covers the sports world for us this week. Yeah, it's been a solid one. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to our sports podcast. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also, check out our entertainment podcast. We do that weekly as well. You've been listening with Off-Road Andy, Tony Katz, and myself. And like I said, this is episode 86. Have a great turkey day. Later. <laughs>